Hi, I'm Steve, you're you, and this is Digivice. Today we'll be talking to Leanne. Uh, Leanne, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what's your story? Sure, Steve, no worries at all. I suppose um, being over 30 years in business is a fairly lengthy story, but we really haven't got that long to talk about me. <laughs> Maybe not 30 years. <laughs> I suppose main background... Uh, is small business, always a supporter of small businesses far back when we were a business ourselves at Highfields. Um, children growing out there, there wasn't a netball team, so, you know, you start up a netball club so the kids have netball to go to, go skiing, so you become president of the skiing club and on it goes. Uh, I suppose, yeah, look, 28 years uh, building, we used to say we built most of the high in most built in most of the streets at Highfields, but there's too much population wow. now that lay claim to that. So, uh, so yeah, majority of my my life has been um, building. Uh, I have an interior decorator qualification as well, so that's handy. And then um, a hubby decided to take more of a back step in building. How so he retired? He laughs at that because he's still very busy because he's still a very <laughs> wanted builder. But, yeah, we scaled right back and um, then I went to my Chamber of Commerce for over 12 months as GM there. Um, from there, YWCA, helping them with stakeholder engagement. And somebody said to me one day, I don't know why you're not doing real estate. <laughs> and I went, yeah, I should look at that. So here I am and, um, yeah, thoroughly enjoying real estate life. Great. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much what you're doing now, but you've got a massive uh, history. Um, what would you say were your biggest challenges um, in business life in general? Uh, look, I think any owner-operator would know the business challenge is having many hats, one person, and I think that's always the challenge the, the mental challenge when you're working by yourself and that's why I think it's good that we do have so many networking groups and Facebook groups where people can share. I think that's very important because when you are in your own business, it can get very isolated um, and, um, you know, just sharing experiences is missed. So I think that would always be the biggest challenge in, in small businesses when you work in isolation because you're the boss and you're the team um, and you're the one that makes mistakes. So um, I, I think, yeah, small businesses when you're a sole operator, very um, difficult. Mm. And do you think that that's the best way to tackle those uh, sort of issues that uh, you join uh, Facebook groups and you go to networking events and that sort of thing? Or can you think of anything else that well, would be helpful? absolutely. I'd say you need to network and that was one of the things when we were building. I was on the Master Builders Board and, and on the local committee here and aimed it. we started up just a casual barbecue breakfast for builders and subcontractors and that was really good networking because they shared their stories and I think if you find out that everyone's having it tough you don't feel it's just you having it tough and you, you're not tough on yourself so um, that's why I feel networking is important with peers as well yep. as networking with other other business people and without a doubt mentor you need a mentor in your life and I think it's important to maybe have a lifestyle mentor and a business mentor and keep them mm. very separate. 
What do you mean by a lifestyle mentor? Somebody that can still talk to you and, and make you realise you've still got to focus on yourself, your health, um, make time for yourself, love yourself, appreciate yourself. I think when you're in business, we are so much goal-orientated and we don't give ourselves permission to take time off where if you, um, you know, and th that might just be um, at the gym having like a focus group there, yoga groups, um, so that you become more centred around yourself. So find somebody who's in the health industry that maybe could help mentor you through your health journey. Mm. I guess that gives you someone um, to talk to as well that you're not going to try and sell to. As a yeah, small business, you're always trying to get new clients in the door. But if you've got someone that you can debrief with, at least you know that, there's no possibility there of a sale, so you relax a little bit more as well. That's right. And I think um, that's, yeah, I mean, I suppose even when I go networking in business, it's not always pointed to my next sale or, or contact because I'm very altruistic in my life and I like to help others. Mm -hmm. um, and But I, I think we do forget to look after ourselves. Uh, so, no, I, I, I think it's very important to um, not always just focus on the business but have someone um, on your side to help you with your health. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the end point. It's health, wealth, um, uh, money. Yeah, I lost my train of thought there. Health, wealth. God, well, I'll just skip that part. <laughs> Maybe we can do that. Oh, look, you, you've got to be healthy mind, body and spirit because if you don't, you've got to look after your mental health in business too. And if your gut's not well, your mind's not going to be well. So sometimes yeah. there's a lot of philosophy around that. If you don't have a healthy inside, you're not going to have a healthy outside. Um, and, you know, if you're sleeping poorly, you're not going to concentrate at work. So if you don't have your inner health um, in balance, if you're not eating well, if you're skipping meals, you're going to lose energy in an afternoon. You're not going to focus on your deals and focus on yourself and, and more importantly, focus on your clients within your business. So I, I still think um, your health and looking after your health is very intense, very much centering in being successful in business. Mm. And you mentioned a business mentor as well. Do you have a mentor at the moment or is there a point uh, in time where you don't need one? absolutely do and, and somebody not in my industry at all and I think that works best. I am looking at the moment a, um, a mentor in my industry to add to my mentors but I'll always keep my current mentor. She's always kept me centred in business and I think it's good that you, you've got somebody not in the same industry to talk through problems because I'll always look at it different to somebody in the same industry. Hmm. I guess it's a little bit of competition as well if they're in the same industry. If they teach you all of their tricks, then... Yes, they teach you all, all their, their tricks and you might run off and be better than them. And, and what. But anyway, I think that's the, even looking for a, a mentor within the same industry, you, 
when you're mentoring, the success is in who you're mentoring. So if you were giving them your tips and they ran with them, you'd be rather proud that they were able to repeat it for themselves. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, what are you reading right now? Uh, what I'm reading right now is Why Winners Win. Isn't, isn't that oh, an wow. interesting book? It's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> It, it is. It's um, by Gary Pittard, so somebody who is from the business and real estate world. Um, and it's a really good light read. And every now and then I go back to um, reflect on certain parts of it. Some, a lot of it is business issues that we deal with in our life all the time. And it's, it's more about um, the, the mindset around success, why women's win, which I think is important. Yeah, yeah. It's all mindset, really. It is. And, and again, that's the key thing when you're working solo, so whether you're in small business, um, keeping that mindset there um, is really important because there's no one else there to tell you, have you made your phone calls? Have you gone for your run this morning? Um, no one else to keep you on, on track and look at your KPIs. So mindset's very important. Being in a competitive industry, is there anything that you would tackle differently than uh, someone would that's in a more niche area to uh, sort of tackle the competition? Um, that's an interesting question. Whenever you're, you're in an industry that has a lot of competition, I suppose building was no different. Um, and you mentioned if you're not in a niche market, and I think the easiest way to handle competition is niche market yourself, have a standout point of difference. And it's fine to go down the track of saying, oh, look, my customer service is exceptional, but why is it? Do you contact your customers daily? Have you got a communication plan? Like I think it's easy to say, you know, have exceptional customer service, attention to detail, you know, we have quality signs, everyone can tick those boxes. Um, I think people now, you know, I'll talk to people and, and say, well, if I, I help try and make it more relevant searches. I talk to my clients about the search habits. Um, so we actually market um, in online, as you know, social media is my love. Um, so we can do uh, more targeted advertising. So yeah, we can do realestate.com and domain like everybody else. And again, that's what, you know, you go to a, a listing and you say, yes, we, we, we're online, we do domain, we do realestate.com. But at least now I can give them a, a, an added advantage of social media and targeted marketing. And throughout my campaigns now, I'm showing a 30% increase of people coming to open homes through social media marketing um, and if we can add a 30% increase to our open homes that's giving us 30% more opportunity to sell the home so I think that's a major advantage. Mm. So I guess um, to define what your value proposition is is effectively what you're uh, the, the summary of what you're trying to say uh, rather yes. than being a little bit lazy, uh, not trying to offend people, but being a little bit lazy and just saying, oh, well, we've got good customer service, making it something that can't really be replicated easily. 
that's that's right. And I mean, everybody like you'll always come across platforms. And I mean, look, there's apps all the time for making our life easier. Um, so we have to be more definitive in the way we handle our our customers. So is that when you say to them, you know, we we respond to your inquiry within sixty seconds. Um, you can ca you can respond to us or message us on five different platforms. If you don't like phone calls, you can text us messages. You, we're on WhatsApp. I'm on you know Snapchat, whatever platform. I can have any morning. I could have ten different inquiries, and it might come through Snapchat, Messenger, Facebook, texting. It's like no one phone calls anymore. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It's only telemarketers that do that now. I know, I know. <laughs> and I just think everyone's door knocking at my door for donations. So, you know, we're not even seeing that much anymore. But, um, you know, mm. and I do find all the out-of-hour inquiries are always on email or messenger, um, you know, um, like all of us. What do we all do when we sit down and turn the telly on and we've all got our phones out and we're searching? And um, I think you have to be available. I think that's about the best thing is the customer service. You can just be available. Mm, yeah. Um, I, I think that's a difficult topic because you, you want to sort of keep certain hours and be with your family, but then you've got to try and tackle that challenge of um, being a good, good um, providing a good service to your customers. So I, I guess there's different thoughts there, but um, uh, I, I, I'm sort of getting that um, you're sort of getting to the stage where everyone should be available within reason um, after hours. Is that sort of where you were going with that? Yeah, and, and so uh, we've just activated a message box system. So, again, using an app. Um, and so the message box is a bit like AI, artificial intelligence. So it's set up to go down a path. So I'm actually filtering people's questions and have some predetermined answers there. So in the initial bit, the bot's taking the information, finding out what the people are actually looking for, have I answered your question? If not, I'll return your call as soon as possible. So I'm trying to give them instantaneous information because I might be able to get back to them till tomorrow, but at least they've had PDFs on how to sell a home sent to them. Um, you know, they can get more informed questions ready for me when I do get back to them. Um, yeah. So I, th I think that's where we have to be clever and mm. use these platforms that they're available because otherwise we're just going to have a clutter in our email boxes and we won't be replying to anyone. Yeah, yeah. And that's where technology comes in and has a place as well. Yes, it, it does. And I think there will always be people out there afraid to embrace it. Um, but people are forgetting that um, in the real estate sector, our next wave of buyers is millennials. So we're seeing baby boomers starting to move out of the market and people, when you talk about millennials, think of them as being teenagers and I hate to tell you they're not. They're educated now. They've gone through their uni degrees yeah. um, and a lot of them um, are even in a second relationship. They've saved very well and are out there cashed up 
ready to buy and get into the market. And they're very savvy buyers. They go on every platform. They've basically pre-interviewed us by looking at all our reviews before they even make contact with us. So um, mm. that's going to be a real challenge for people in the real estate industry if they don't recognise who our buyers are coming into the market. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's essential in any form of marketing as well, that you need to know who your buyers are. And that's something else I go through with my clients at, at a so-called listing presentation when we're done the appraisal and we go back and I talk to them about who do you think is your perfect demographics. Like you need to have an image in your mind of who you think will buy your home. Because once we have this emoji of this perfect demographics, that's how we pitch your ad campaign. Mm. Yeah. Um, and and that's how I sift and filter and find my buyers very quickly for my clients. Hmm. What would you say has been your greatest success? Um, surviving studying. I mean, <laughs> that that was <laughs> <a>, the. <laughs> that's a funny thing when you go back to studying and somebody's uh, assessing your assignments and you think. Oh, I, I was always this apprehension of that I'd actually have something sent back to me and it was wrong because it's a long time we've been out of school and actually a second party's been telling us whether we're right or wrong. So mm -hmm. um, I think getting my full real estate licence was a, a nice success to be over 15 going back to studying and getting that. So, um, yeah, that's um, other than my children. Hey, I've got to throw that in there. I'm so proud of my kids and I love my grandchildren. <laughs> awesome. Great. Hey, that, that's a given uh, success though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and greatest failure. I know when people always go on about what is your, your greatest failure, I, I class a great failure as something that you haven't learnt from. Um, we'll all make mistakes in our life and if you keep on making the same mistake, doing the same thing over and over again and like the saying goes, keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result, I think that would be anyone's greatest failure is not learning from their mistakes. Um so in saying that, um, I, don't, I, I don't know. You've that. I thought. I thought. Yeah, that'd be something I could answer really, really well. Great Australia. Um, I don't know. Maybe having too much trust in people sometimes. Mm. Um, I have a high integrity, and I, I kind of often expect that in others that I'm working with or dealing with. So um, I suppose my greatest failure is realising that not everybody has ethics and integrity out there. Mm. I guess that's more of a realisation than a failure though. Um, I, I like where your mindset is uh, with your the original part of your, um, your spiel. Um, I, I mean, at the end of the day, that's where I was going with that question that failure is about. Um, learning and that you, you don't really fail, but um, yeah, you, you pretty much came uh, straight out with that, which is great. <laughs> right, right, right in it. Oh, that's good. I'm, I'm glad because that's how <laughs> I, 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 I look at it. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think that all business owners can benefit from that sort of mindset as well. That sometimes things are just going to crop up, 
and looking at them as learning opportunities rather than failures um, yes. will go a lot further. Absolutely. Um, do you have a morning routine? I do have a, um, a morning routine because actually I love, funny that we're on a podcast because I love listening to podcasts. <laughs> And there was uh, a podcast and I was listening to this speaker called um, Dr. Smith and he was talking about having the perfect fortnight, not having perfect week because everything, you'll always have something crop up. And it was really, really good to listen to that. And so I've actually formulated, yes, a perfect fortnight. So it's not so much even just a morning routine, it's a fortnight routine and that's hmm. whether that's at clients every day email so I have it different sectors some days I prospect but Wednesdays are almost always my social media day so all that gets organized but my early morning ritual is um I love getting up and going for a walk every morning so where we live we're near Queen's Park and I think that clears your head I listen to a podcast usually something motivational if that runs out before I get back I put on some music and get a bit upbeat um, Mm. Yeah, that's, that's what I like, going for a, um, a morning walk by myself and my puppy dog and um, just getting the headspace ready for the day. Awesome. Um, what's the perfect fortnight? What, I've never heard of that concept before. Yeah, so um, he was going on about because um, if you have plan, plan your week, so you say, all right, okay, of a morning um, is first drop kids off to school. So first thing in the morning, I'm going to pay my attention to working on the business, not in the business, so whatever that, that might be. Uh, then you might have some self-help training you're going to read and then you meet clients of an afternoon. Then on Tuesday, so you basically lay your day out in three sections and then do that over two weeks, not just a week because mm. he said there will never be a perfect week. You might get sick, kids might get sick. Um, you mightn't have any phone calls to make. Um, life, you, your life and business will interrupt each other. So by planning over a fortnight, you will set up a fortnightly routine. And I guess that uh, makes it flexible as well. You're not as stressed about maintaining this strict structure that you've built for yourself. You can uh, do it another day and you're not going exactly. to fall behind. That's, that's right. Otherwise, you start setting yourself up into a mind cage of emotionals and anxiety because you think, oh, I haven't done this today, and then you roll it over to the next day. But if you realise you've got a fortnight flexibility there, it works a lot better. And you still you still get to, do go through the task. Hmm. Awesome. Um, so who's, who's the author of that one? Um, uh, uh, what's his name? I think he's Dr Fred... Dr. Fred Smith, I'll have to look that one up for you. Um, but he is um, very interesting to listen to. He um, is a rabbi because he's done lots of different things. If he's wanted to learn about something, then he goes off and does a doctorate in it. And very interesting fellow. Very calming voice to listen to. Um, very Ooh. practical, but yeah, he's all around mindset um and um yeah so he's he's really good great 
Uh, so what are some tips that uh, you would give clients when they're looking for a real estate agent? Be armed with some um, really good questions. I, I think they have to first know if your real estate agent has local knowledge. <clears throat> Ask them if they know how many homes are on the market. Hang on. <clears throat> yep. Ask them if they know how many homes are on the market at the moment. Um, do they currently know in what what is their uh, main area of specialty? So what do they specialise in a particular suburb? Um, and I, th I think that's important, knowing if your agent has local knowledge um, because then they'll know how to interact with um, people who come through their homes. Mm. It's that form of communication. Um, how often will you ring us? Do you stay in touch with us? Do you do a report? Um, can can we talk to your email? Um, I think that sometimes, uh, quite often when I'm talking to people, if I'm second agent in, I'll sit down and go, well, this is my, com my marketing or my communication calendar. So on a, on a Wednesday, I'll do your Facebook post. So if you'd like to share that with your friends, because they actually like being involved with selling their house as well, like it's been mm. their love very proud of it so they don't mind sharing um so i have the calendar and i let them know the days we've got to approve their ads when i'll let them know their open homes are so i do a month in advance and i actually have on there the day i will ring in the day they'll get their vendor report um and they really like that because i have people who say well we signed up with our agent and we only heard from him once a month or, well, yeah. we signed up for Christmas and we still haven't heard from him again. Mm. So um, I should say they. I'm not going to just say it <laughs> him. Uh, but not, every, look, not everybody's like that. And not everybody wants to be structured like that either. But I just find in an era where we can grab information at every second, leaving your vendor in the dark is the worst thing they, they start to get. Well, they, they worry and they think, well, have, have. So what I do at the end of my open homes, I message straight away and let them know how many groups they've had through, wish them the best for the weekend, enjoy your weekend, and I'll call you Monday because mm. I like to let them have their. And then by Monday, I've done phone calls back from people who've come through homes and then I have a chat to my vendors about who we've had in, what our feedback was, plan with them, you know, what we're going to do for the next week to um, market their, their property. And then they get a written vendor report on a Thursday. Hmm. And having those processes in place as well uh, sort of goes back to what we were saying about that value proposition, which separates you from other people. They're more likely to recommend you to their friends and they're more likely to stick with you the next time that they want to sell their house. Um, because that process is in place where you're looking after them so well and it's not just good customer service, it's the process is beyond that, I think. Yes, and you actually nailed that because it's not about the sale, it's about the process. Mm. So that's when you're interviewing your agent, that's what you should be inquiring about because if there's a good process in place, the sale will, will be the outcome. But you need to know that there is a, a process um, and be confident that that process will be replicated. And, and because I have my set processes, once I've sold a property and I get referred, 
they know that I will go down that same process again. It's a system and it, and it, and it works. Hmm. Awesome. Uh, we're almost out of time, but uh, one last question. <laughs> um, you're on a desert island. Uh, what three things must you have? Oh, look, I'm on a desert island, so I'd have to do the slip, slop, slap, wouldn't I? Wouldn't I have to have a hat and sunscreen and a, yeah. and a shirt? Um, definitely a good book and a hammock because on a desert island, there'd have to be some palm trees that I could at least lie there and rest and read a book and wait for someone to come by and rescue me. Yeah, sounds pretty comfortable. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for your time today. And um, so if anyone wants a great real estate agent, uh, how do they get in contact with you? Well, look at that. My mobile number is 0400 968 319. Uh, or like and follow my Facebook page. A lot of people interact with me there and leave a review. And I have a Google business page, so you can contact me through there. Awesome. Thanks, Leanne. Thanks, Steve. No worries.